Welcome to Quick Shots with your favourite cousins, although Alex not with us today. So we've got standing Mitch. Welcome, Mitch. Doubling up this week. Good Beautiful. Thank you for having me. Okay, I'm going to uh, double you up with the questions as well. Mm. So Luke's going to get us started here. He wants to know, what is the minimum I could buy into the property market for at the moment? And where would be the best area if I have a low budget? Great question, Luke. And look, I think as far as what the minimum is, there's probably no minimum, right? Like you could search far and wide across the country and probably find something for most budgets. But I'm going to approach this question in the context of where I would be buying to get growth on a low budget. And so I'm assuming a low budget means Melbourne and Sydney are out of the question, being typically higher markets where the median house price is, you know, knocking on the door of a million bucks in in Melbourne and, and in excess of a million bucks in Sydney. We always look for where the population's going. So the next markets that, you know, you'd go to outside of those on a low budget is you'd be looking at Perth, where the median house price is around 600000 and you'd be looking at Adelaide, where the median house price is sort of around that 700000 So I think that those two markets is where I would be looking into if I had a low budget because it's where the population's going, it's affordable, and you can get a really nice cash flow yield as well, which helps hold that asset as it grows. Not to say you wouldn't look at Brisbane, but, you know, I'm assuming a low budget sort of rules you out of that market as well, which is sort of close to that 900,000. I have got a question from Damien for you, James. So Damien says, with interest rates high, would you recommend an 80% or a 90% loan value ratio? And maybe just for some context, explain mm. what, a, what a loan value ratio is as well. Yeah, great. So that that is the amount that you borrow against the property that you're buying. So, so if you were buying a $500,000 property, um, 80% loan-to-value ratio, you'd be borrowing $400,000. With the 90%, you'd be $450,000. The difference is uh, anything up to 80%, 80%, you don't pay lenders mortgage insurance. Uh, Anything above 80% and and up to 90%, you pay mortgage insurance. And and obviously, because you're borrowing more, you're paying more interest. So it is a good question from Damien. Uh, it really comes down to your risk profile and 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 what you're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got the the 20% deposit, meaning you could get an 80% loan, um, and you you're not wanting to pay mortgage insurance, or you you maybe want to have a little bit less borrowing so that your cash flow looks a bit better, then yeah, of course, don't take the risk. Um, I've always personally borrowed 90% where I could. Um, pretty much up to three properties, you you no longer qualify to borrow 90%. So my view was always that, you know, I'm going to kind of for those first few borrow the full 90% so that I can get into the market as quickly as I possibly can. Um, but I might have a slightly higher risk appetite than you guys and and um, or, or, or someone else. Um, but, but you know, I, I can say that it, it wouldn't bother me going to 90%. And, and when I was buying my first few properties in, in 2013, 14 and, and 15, the, um, the, the interest rates were similar to what they are today. So mm. um, I, I still think it's, it's feasible. Yeah, you got to just check your cash flow though and make sure that you can afford it. And a good rule of thumb is to make sure that it doesn't cost, you know, 10 to 15, more than 10 to 15% of your after-tax pay, that that's a, you know, I think a, a sensible number for things to be affordable for you. Um, so there you go, Damien. Hopefully that's helpful. Uh, Megan or Megan, 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 either, either way, um, hopefully I've, I've got one of those right there, <laughs> Megan or Megan. Uh, this one is right in your wheelhouse because you 
deal with valuers all the time. Mm. How do you get a bank valuation when you're not selling? Great question, Megan or Megan. Um, so look, there's mainly two different ways you can get a valuation. So a lot of the banks will do what's called a desktop valuation, which is effectively someone behind a computer screen, an algorithm that assesses all the comparable sales in your area and will spit you back a value or a range that they determine your asset is worth. And that's normally free of charge. So your mm. banks shouldn't be charging you for a desktop valuation and they can turn that around in you know 15 minutes. Like it's very efficient. Yeah, the second way that you can get a um, bank valuation is that you can do what's called a full valuation, which they usually send out a valuer from one of the firms they engage. That valuer will attend your property, inspect it, and then provide a report to the bank, which you know contains the value of that asset. That normally costs you anywhere between three to four hundred dollars. So. Banks will usually decide what option they go with depending on where the property is located. And you mentioned in the main po uh, podcast this week that, that that can be handy in terms of dropping you down a rung on your loan value ratio to get a better rate as well. Absolutely. So I think, you know, regardless of which way um, your bank is going to do it, I think a $400 spend to save a percent on your interest rate, which could potentially happen, is, is worthwhile. Mm. But I think most banks in, you know, in the capital city areas um, or properties in the capital city areas should be able to do a desktop for the purposes of assessing your rate. Very good. Thank you, Mitch. Uh, good to have you on. And uh, we, we'll probably have you on one, once or twice more before the end of the year. Great. Uh, guys, if you got any questions for myself or Mitch or the pod in general, hit us up our emails in the show notes and uh, social handles as well. Have a great weekend. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Double Shot with your favourite cousins, Alex and James Fitzgerald. If you've got a burning question or something we absolutely need to talk about on the pod, please write to us. Both of our emails are in the show notes. For little real estate tidbits and a little bit of banter, okay, a lot of banter, you can follow us on the gram. Our handle is the doubleshot.podcast. That, my friends, is the doubleshot.podcast. Until next time, think of us when you sit back and sip your next double shot.